I'll be taking my scripture from the book of Galatians, chapter 4, starting at verse 4. Galatians 4, 4. But when the fullness of the time was come, God sent forth his Son, made of a woman, made under the law, to redeem them that were under the law, that we might receive the adoption of sons. And because ye are sons, God hath sent forth the Spirit of his Son into your hearts, crying, Abba, Father. Wherefore, thou art no more a servant, but a son. And if a son, then an heir of God through Christ. I like Christmas time. It's a good time of year to look at a wonderful gift to realize what was done for every one of us, whether we believe or not. The gift is the same. It's a joyful time. It's a time that we decorate. It can be a stressful time because we decorate and everything needs to be just so. As we look around, we know that uh, some put some hard work even into this sanctuary to make it look festive and special. It's a curious story. Think about that song, Mystery. It is curious. A baby born in a manger. That doesn't seem like a real big deal, really. Pretty humble place for a baby to be born. Why? What's the what's the big deal? Why, don't we, why, why would we celebrate something like that? Many don't really understand much of it. They just see the lights come up, and they know it's Christmas time. Or they see, they hear the songs in the store, right around November first. Seems like anymore, and they know Christmas is coming. They have no idea. They hear the terms, joy to the world, but most of them just hear jingle bells and deck the halls. They hear that the angel said, peace on earth. And so they look at Christmas time as a time of peace, as if it's supposed to somehow change everything. Christmas time doesn't change anything. When the angels said, peace on earth and goodwill toward man, that was really almost more of a proclamation and a greeting than anything else. Don't want to put a damper on Christmas, but I want to read something from Matthew. This is Jesus' own words. Matthew 10, starting at, oops, that's Hebrews. That's not going to work. Went the wrong way. Matthew 10, starting at verse 34. Think not that I am come to send peace on earth. This is Jesus speaking. I came not to send peace but a sword. 
For I come, for I am come, to set a man at variance against his father, and the daughter against her mother, and the daughter-in-law against her mother-in-law. And a man's foes shall be they of his own household. He that loveth father or mother more than me is not worthy of me. And he that loveth son or daughter more than me is not worthy of me. And he that taketh not his cross and followeth after me is not worthy of me. He that findeth his life shall lose it. And he that loseth his life for my sake shall find it. He that receiveth you receiveth me. And he that receiveth me receiveth him that sent me. Not a lot about peace there. But we want to be in Christ. We want to be in that place where we've made that decision to put Christ first, to surrender all. We hear it all the time. To surrender your heart, to repent, to give your life to the Lord. That's what, that's where the peace comes from. It's not the lights. It's not that it's December. It's not that we sing the songs. It's the peace that Christ puts in our heart when we surrender all to Him. Christmas is not a state of mind. The spirit of Christmas doesn't bring peace and joy. This is a celebration of something deeper, something more meaningful. This is a recognition of something more powerful than any state of mind. God dispatched angels to broadcast the news. Now that's a big deal. We heard this morning that God used celestial bodies to guide wise men from the east. That's a big deal. The fact is that this is not just a mere story. It's an account of the event that would unite man with his creator. God's gift to mankind to provide redemption and eternal life. That's, that's a big deal. To give a little context to what I read, this is Paul writing to the Galatians. And there was a concern that he was trying to address throughout most of this book. We have uh, people who are coming to those who are born again and trying to convince them that they still needed to follow the law of Moses and to follow all the, the rituals and the customs and the traditions in order to be a Christian. And Paul wasn't going to have that. So we read again just a few verses here in Galatians to kind of help us understand this. I'm going to go back to chapter 3, and it's going to read a few verses here. Chapter 3, 24 through 26. Wherefore, the law was our schoolmaster to bring us unto Christ, that we might be justified by faith. But after that faith has come, 
we are no longer under a schoolmaster. For ye are, excuse me, for ye are all the children of God by faith in Christ Jesus. And then back to verse 4 again, it says, But when the fullness of the time was come, the, the Mosaic law had been pointing to Christ, and it had run its course, and God sent his son, a babe in a manger, A new covenant would be in place for all of humanity, every race, every creed. Just as every race and creed, if they will follow their lineage all the way back to the root of the family tree, as it were, they will find Adam. And because of that, every race and every creed must be redeemed by the atoning blood. That mystery... This very same Jesus Christ, born in a manger, so that all, whosoever will, may come. Spend a little time in Romans here. Romans 5. Eighteen and through twenty. Therefore, as by the offense of one, Adam, judgment came upon all men to condemnation, even so by the righteousness of one, Jesus Christ, the free gift came upon all men unto justification of life. For as by one man's disobedience many were made sinners, so by the obedience of one shall many be made righteous. Moreover, the law entered that the offense might abound, but where sin abounded, grace did much more abound. In chapter 6 of Romans, a familiar verse, the very last verse, For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. We're no longer a servant of sin, but a child of God. In Romans chapter 8, very familiar verse, There is therefore no condemnation to them which are in Christ Jesus, who walk not after the flesh, but after the Spirit. There's the Spirit, flesh and Spirit. So you have this dichotomy. Adam, flesh. Jesus Christ, spirit. So if we look in Romans a little farther, verse 12 says, Therefore, brethren, we are debtors, not to the flesh, to live after the flesh. For if ye live after the flesh, ye shall die. But if ye through the spirit do mortify the deeds of the body, ye shall live. For as many as are led by the spirit of God... They are the sons of God. For ye have not received the spirit of bondage again to fear, but ye have received the spirit of adoption, whereby we cry, Abba, Father. The Spirit itself beareth witness with our spirit that we are the children 
of God. There's a theme in some of these verses that I've read. There's a word that comes up that's dear to my heart. Adoption. Adoption is the action of legally taking another child's, another's child and bringing up as one's own. The act or process of establishing a legal relationship between a child and a parent other than the child's biological parent. As we read in God's word about adoption, you could take the word legal out and put spiritual in. We're spiritually adopted. This is a special time of year for my family for many reasons. Of course, it's Christmas, which it's always been that. That's always been the case. Just before December, about middle of November, I do not know the date because I didn't know I was supposed to remember the date. I got saved. I got adopted. November. December 13th is my daughter's adoption day. We adopted Amanda. December 21st is Jaren's adoption day. And not to leave Ethan out, his was March 22nd, to be exact. We celebrate adoption day like a birthday. It's a special day. It's a day that we were legally considered parents. We did foster adopt, so we were their parents long before ever the legal process could catch up. There are children, not by blood, but I'm called dad, Christy's called mom, sometimes father and mother. But we're a family. There are children. We don't look at them as adopted. We love them as our own. When we're born again, we're adopted. God doesn't look down on us as just his creation. I'm his son. You're his son or daughter. He's our father. The Old Testament prayers, when they would address God, it was Lord God or Jehovah. In the New Testament, Jesus taught us how to pray. And it started this way. Our Father, who art in heaven. That's a big deal. We don't want to gloss over that. That's a change. That's New Testament. Christ came for this reason. 
You'll notice that whenever Paul talks about adoption, you hear the phrase, Abba, Father. Abba is not just a singing group from the 60s. Abba is a colloquial form of address used by Jewish children toward their fathers and is best translated Papa or Daddy. Crying Abba, Father. It's a close and intimate way to address our Creator, don't you think? He's not Jehovah. He's Daddy. Jesus Christ himself changed how we address God, our Father, who art in heaven. He's still holy. Hallowed be thy name. We still praise him. We still worship him. He still has preeminence. But there's an intimacy that comes when we are a child of God, when we are born again when we understand the real reason for Christmas and why he came. You know, when a child is, when young children are adopted, they really don't know what's going on. They just get adopted. They don't have a choice. It's the circumstances that brought them at that point And they're adopted. I know when I started to realize I needed a change in my heart and my life, I didn't know what to do necessarily, but I needed to get out of, I needed to start going to church. I knew that because I grew up just like Matt. I went to church every Sunday. There's a lot of things I didn't learn, but there's a lot of things I did learn. I knew that. I knew Jesus was who I needed to go to. I knew that much. When we realize that Satan's a taskmaster and not our friend, when we learn that all the stuff he promised has a cost, and that once we've dug ourselves in the hole, he doesn't help us out, That's when we make the choice. What we don't realize until we get saved is that God loved us the whole time. He was ready to love us the whole time. That's the big deal of that little baby in the manger. That's why we celebrate Christmas. Jesus was sent that we might be adopted. And our Heavenly Father, not only did He send His Son to earth, but just like we've heard in these songs tonight, He sent Him to die for us to make that relationship even possible. Those that are here tonight that are born again, you know, you have that assurance in your heart that you're ready for heaven, 
You've asked the Lord into your heart. Do we realize this wonderful privilege that's been afforded to us? Or do we take it for granted? We often speak of the results, and they are amazing. It is a miracle. When Christ comes into a heart and a life, everything changes. We're new. The results are amazing. But have we considered the fact that we need to recognize and embrace the new relationship that we're afforded? Abba, Father. If you're here and you don't know if you have that assurance, if you don't know if you're ready for heaven, you need to surrender your heart and your life to that little child in the manger. God sent him for you. If you can, if you can surrender your life and everything about it to the Lord, you can receive that spirit of adoption and be a part of the family of God. And when we think about that, we think about our church family, but we're calling God Abba Father. That's quite a family. Today, you can be transformed and adopted into a heavenly home, no longer a servant to sin, but a son of God. And you can address our heavenly Father in an intimate way because he loves you enough that he sent his son in the form of a baby lying in a manger What a mystery. So curious, yet so powerful. The opportunity to praise now. We can search our hearts. Those of us that love the Lord, help us us to realize more what that relationship is that we have. And if, if you need the Lord, understand that He's waiting and loving you even before you kneel in prayer, even before you start to pray, even if you don't know what to pray. Just just give him your heart. Tell him you're sorry. He'll help you the rest of the way because he loves you. It's time to sing. It's time to pray.